Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Allahu Akbar Allah. Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la Innal hamdalillah Innal hamdalillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu 'alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lahu وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم 
ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيرنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters While returning from a ghazwa an expedition the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and the companions set up camp for the night and during that night guards were needed and so it was Abbad ibn Bishr and Ammar ibn Yasir radiyallahu anhuma who volunteered to do the guard duty for that night and after they volunteered to guard throughout the night to protect the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims, Abad asked Ammar ibn Yasir, would you like to keep guard first or later? Meaning who was going to pull the first shift in this guard duty through the night? Shall it be me or you? Who will pull it first? And so Ammar ibn Yasir anhu agreed that he would do the guard duty first. So he began to keep guard while Abad ibn Bishr went off nearby to offer nafila prayers, voluntary prayers in the night. So meanwhile, as Abad ibn Bishr is offering salat and Ammar ibn Yasir is guarding, Ammar starts to get sleepy. They already came from a long journey, so his eyes are getting heavier and he starts to doze off. But Abad ibn Bishr was in salat in the darkness of night and did not realize that Ammar had fallen asleep. So while Abad ibn Bishr was there praying his salat, someone from the mushrikun spied their location and crept up nearby. And as Abad was in salat, this individual started firing arrows at him as he was in the salat. So this was a target of opportunity. And Abad ibn Bishr radiallahu anhu is in salat when he feels an arrow strike him in the leg. But he was so engrossed, so present in the salat that when he was struck by that first arrow, he said it felt like a thorn prick. So he removed the arrow and put it on the ground and continued in his salat. But it wasn't very long until a second arrow struck him. And he did exactly the same thing with the second arrow. Removed it and continued in his salat. And he continued like this until a third arrow struck him. And he pulled that one out as well. The entire time he is standing in salat. But finally he made ruku'ah, then he made sujood, and he finished his prayer. And as he finished his prayer, he started to feel the effects of those wounds on his body. And he looked over and saw that Ammar bin Yasir radiallahu anhu had fallen asleep. So he woke him up and told him that he was wounded. So Ammar radiallahu anhu wakes up and he sees that Abad bin Bishr is wounded and bleeding. And he says, Subhanallah, 
Why didn't you wake me up when you were first struck? Why do you only wake me up now after getting struck three times? And so Abad ibn Bishr radiallahu anhu said, I began my salat reciting a long chapter of the Qur'an and I didn't want to cut that chapter short. So when the arrow started to come, one after the other, I shortened it. So I made the rukur and I ended it to tell you. But were it not for me being afraid that an attack would land upon the Prophet ﷺ, I would have continued in the salat and I would have died before finishing that long chapter. Dear brothers and sisters, there are dozens upon dozens of stories like this from the companions, from the tabi'oon of the second generation, from the third generation and beyond. Because for them, the salat, the prayer, whether it is obligatory fard prayer or sunnah prayer or nafila prayer, was not a routine for them to simply get out of the way. It was a firm part of their life because their prayers were filled with a quality that we struggle with. And that quality is khushur. Al-khushur. Khushur is focus. It is presence. Al-khushur is humility and attention and awe while one is engaged in prayer. The great Imam Junaid al-Baghdadi rahimahullah said about khushur, Al-khushur tathallul al-qulub li'allam al-ghuyub. The humility in prayer is defined as the heart's submission and humility before the knower of the unseen. And the great Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi rahimahullah mentions in his tafsir that this word khushur sometimes refers to the actions of the heart, such as awe and fear and feeling the immensity of the divine presence. And sometimes this word khushur refers to the stillness of the bodily limbs. But khushur in salat is the combination of both of these the stillness of the limbs and the feeling of awe in the heart. Stillness and tranquility in the limbs and feeling humility, presence, and awe inside of the heart. So khushur or humility inside of the heart in prayer is when a person has proper awareness that their salat is not an ordinary routine to just get out of the way. It is standing before the presence of God. It is the state of the person who is fully aware of the one before whom they stand, who is fully aware of what they are saying. The person whose heart and mind is not wandering in every valley and alley, thinking about everything except the munajat and the athkar, the duas and the meanings that one recites in the prayer. Dear brothers and sisters, the beloved Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, Sayyidul Khashi'in, he states in a hadith recorded by Al-Imam Al-Tabarani in his Mu'jam. 
He says, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, that the first thing to be lifted from the ummah will be khushu'ah. It will be this humility and presence of heart in the prayer. That is the first thing that will be lifted from the ummah, he said. Until, he said, you will not find anyone with khushu'ah. And his noble companion, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu, said, the first thing that you will lose of your deen will be khushur. And the last thing you will lose from your deen is the salat itself. He goes on to say that there, will, there may be a person who is praying, وَلَكِنْ لَا خَيْرَ فِيهِ However, there is no goodness in him. And soon a time will come, he said, when you will enter the jami', the large congregational masjid, and not a single person of khushur will be inside of it. Dear brothers and sisters, some of the ulama have compared this quality of khushur to the soul in the body. Because when the soul leaves the body, the body dies. Likewise, when the salat is lacking khushur, it lacks its soul. It lacks its essence and spirit. And it's helpful to think about how work gets done and what it means to pay attention to detail and to have proper focus. Imagine your boss or your teacher gives you an assignment that needs to be done in a very specific manner. And it has to be completed before a set deadline. So you receive the instructions for this assignment and you glance over them very hurriedly thinking, oh, this is easy, no problem at all. So you rush through the assignment at hand thinking, great, I finished this assignment right on time. And while it may be true that you started it on time and you completed it, you had multiple distractions in front of you as you were completing that task. So you got the project, you got the assignment, you know the deadline, but as you started doing the work, you were listening to a podcast, you had half a dozen tabs open on your computer while doing your assignment, you were chatting with different people on the phone, you were checking your messages between your work. So you did the assignment, but as you were doing the assignment, your mind was scattered in a dozen different directions. But no problem, you think. You still got the project done. So you turn it in. But then to your surprise, you're told by your teacher or your supervisor or boss or whoever that your work is actually not accepted. Either because your file is incomplete or doesn't comply with the instructions. They tell you it's lacking in every sense. So now you've actually run out of time and you've wasted your efforts, and you come to realize that if only you had paid attention to the instructions and paid attention to detail while doing it properly, your work would have been accepted. Dear brothers and sisters, this is the example of our salat when we go through the motions and our heart and mind is occupied with other things. It is the very opposite of khushur. Where khushur is presence of heart, we struggle with being scattered, 
Our mind is in every alley and valley. But perhaps a person is hearing this and they say to themselves, okay, I get what you're saying, but isn't it enough that I pray five times a day? I'm happy where I'm at. At least I pray. At least I pray. Even if I'm not fully attentive in the salat, at least I get my five done. And indeed, it's true. You should feel grateful to Allah Ta'ala that He has enabled you to fulfill the obligation of the salat, even if you are distracted in the salat itself. But, dear brothers and sisters, Allah calls us to something higher. Allah calls us to something much higher. Something much higher than what looks like mild stretches in standing while uttering words that we neither understand nor think about. He calls us to khushur, to having proper presence in the prayer. He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Successful indeed are the believers, those who are humble and present in their prayers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just describe the believers as having khushur. He also commands that we have khushur. And he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقُومُوا لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ And stand for Allah devoutly. قَانِتِينَ What does this word mean? Who is the qanit? The person with this quality. The great student of Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, Mujahid, he commented about this verse and he said that qanit refers to the person of ruku' wal khushu' wa ghaddul basar wa khaftul janah min rahbatillahi azza wa jal. It is mentioned in the books of Tafsir that he said that the person who is qanit is the one who is a person of bowing, a person of humble presence in the prayer, who lowers their gaze and stands humbly before Allah out of awe for Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the heart is humbled in the prayer, the body will follow. The Prophet sallallahu wasallam drew our attention to this connection between the heart and the body, telling us, that when the heart is humbled in the prayer, the limbs will be still and tranquil in the prayer. In a hadith recorded by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, the Prophet sallallahu would make the following dua, Allahumma laka raka'atu, wa bika amantu, wa laka aslamtu, wa alayka tawakkaltu, anta rabbi, khashi'a laka sam'i wa basari, وَمُخِّي وَعَظْمِي وَعَصَبِي وَلَحْمِي وَدَمِي وَمَسْتَقَلَّتْ بِهِ قَدَمِي In this dua he would say, O oh Allah, to you I have bowed. In you alone I have, put, I have believed. To you I have submitted. Upon you I have put my trust. You are my sustainer, my hearing, my sight, my marrow, my bones, my nerves, my flesh, my blood, and my feet have all 
humbled before your presence. Notice that he doesn't just say heart. He mentions the ears. He mentions the eyes. He mentions the, the mukh and the azam, the, the marrow. And this, the mukh can refer to the brain as well, or the intellect, the bones and the nerves and everything. Humbled in submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned last week the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the person who steals from their prayer. When he said that the most evil thief is the one who steals from his salat. The companions were surprised by this statement. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, how does a person steal from their prayer? And he said he does not perfect the ruku' and the sujood, the bowing and the prostration of the prayer. Now Imam Bukhari also transmits from Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha that she had asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa about another practice that takes away from khushur and that is the practice of iltifat glancing here and there and everywhere while a person is in salat she asked him about this action in the prayer and he said this is the way by which shaytan takes away from the value of the servant's prayer. And Ibn Khuzayma records in his Sahih that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said, لا يزال الله مقبلا على العبد ما لم يلتفت فإذا صرف وجهه إن صرف عنه He says sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam that Allah turns in divine care to the servant while he the servant is in prayer as long as the servant doesn't glance here and there and everywhere looking all around him and when he turns his face away Allah turns away from him that is one of the things that violates our khushur dear brothers and sisters prayer that is just bodily movement without the heart will often be seen as a chore. It will be seen as a burden, something that a person is reluctant to do, that they want to quickly get out of the way so they can get back to the things they really want to do. So the salat, for it to be a true salat, it must be enlivened with the body and the mind and the soul all together. And that is only going to happen when there is khushur. That is the only way out. It is the only way out. Because we are all dealing with different struggles in our lives. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek help through patience and prayer. But it's not just any prayer that's going to be your assistance in times of difficulty it's not just any prayer it's not that distracted prayer it's not that rushed prayer it's not that prayer where our heart and mind is everywhere else but standing before Allah Allah mentions this reality seek help with patience in prayer but that is a difficult thing Except for those who have khushur, except for those who have this quality 
of humble presence, focus, and attention in their salat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those people. May Allah bless us with khushu' and make us of those who remove all of the things that come as a barrier between us and true prayer, true khushu' and focus and presence of heart. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barak ala الحمد لله رب العالمين حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضاه والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكمنان المتلازمان على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters We're all going to leave this dunya Allah tells us in the Quran, "Kullu nafsin maut." Every soul shall taste death. And as we leave this dunya and our souls are taken by the angel of death, we enter into another realm of existence. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala initiates the resurrection, the qiyamah, the quickening, the hashar, where all of mankind are gathered. And the reality is that on that day, after Allah has resurrected us, every single human being will have khushur on that day, standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single heart on that day will be khashir, will be humbly submitted and present. There will be no distracted hearts on the day of judgment. But we don't want to attain khushur only in the hereafter, on that day. We want to have khushur in this life now. And so we want to know how do we develop it? How do we regain it if we used to have it, but we lost it? And there are many ways we can attain that khushur. And some of the ulama have mentioned upwards of 30 means of increasing one's khushur in their prayer. But before we look at some of these means, we should understand two very important points. Point number one, khushur, like iman itself, increases and decreases. As your iman increases, your khushur is going to increase as well. As your iman decreases, your khushur is going to decrease as well. So we ask Allah to increase us in iman, and that becomes a means of increase in our khushur in the prayer. Everything that increases iman increases khushur. Everything that decreases iman will decrease the khushur. That's number one. Number two, the quality of our own humility the quality of our presence of heart in the salat is largely dependent on what we are preoccupied with outside of the salat. What we are preoccupied with outside of the salat will have an impact on our presence or lack thereof inside of the salat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that we are the same individual both inside 
and outside of the salat. Allah Ta'ala does not start watching us the moment we utter the first takbir, and He doesn't stop watching us once we utter the final taslim to exit the prayer. Allah is Al-Alim, the all-knowing, Al-Khabir, the well-informed, Al-Raqib, the watchful over us inside and outside of the salat. So what we're involved in outside of the salat is going to have an impact on our khushu' or lack thereof inside of the prayer. So the more we have focus on our creator outside of the salat, the more focus we will have on him inside of the salat. So a life with purpose, a life with, of dhikr, of worship, that will bring about more khushur in the prayer. So how do we increase that khushur? What are some practical things we can do? The first thing is, of course, to gain proper knowledge. Al-ilm qablu al-qawli wal-amal, as Imam al-Bukhari says. Knowledge comes before statement and action. So the first step to strengthening our presence in salat, after recognizing its importance, and our struggle over it, is to have knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of His names and His attributes, and knowledge of the proper rulings of the salat, knowledge of the meanings of what we are saying and reciting in the salat. Why do we start the salat with the takbir, Allahu Akbar? What are the meanings of Surah Al-Fatiha? What does it really mean when a person is in ruku' and they say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, or when they say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, what does that mean? What impact should that have on us inside and outside of the Salat? What does the Tashahud mean? Why is it so important? What are the lessons we draw from that? We have to know these things. And the more we know, the more likely we'll have presence as we contemplate those meanings. The second thing, for increasing khushur in the prayer is actually before the prayer. And that is to connect the wudu to the prayer. The great Imam Abdul Wahhab al-Sha'arani rahimahullah, he said that one's presence inside of the salat is proportionate to their presence as they make wudu. Now for most of us, we struggle with that because wudu is that thing to get out of the way so we can pray. And oftentimes we're not really thinking about what we're doing. We just turn on the water, we put our hands in the sink and we keep going and going until we're done and then we go to the prayer. But the more presence you have and awareness you have of the actual ritual of wudu, the more presence you will have in the prayer. What exactly does wudu even mean? What does wudu mean? In Arabic, wudu is from wada'a. And wada'a means something that is bright, something that is lustrous, something that is shining. So it is a means of obtaining light. It is a means of enlightenment. So when you go to make wudu for your next prayer, think about what you mean when you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Think about the significance of washing your hands, of rinsing your nose and mouth, of washing your face properly, 
of washing your arms and washing your feet and all of these parts of the wudu. Think about the significance. What is the significance? Why do we even do that? Because you make wudu even if you're clean. Even if you have no najasa on you and you're physically clean, you still make wudu if you have to make wudu. Because it is a physical as well as spiritual means of preparing for standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more you connect with that meaning of wudu, the more presence you have in the prayer. Likewise, for increasing our khushur in prayer, we should really think about what we're saying in the salat. It's very disheartening to think that someone may perform salat for decades on end, day after day, and yet that person still does not know the meanings of what they are saying. The Qur'an has been revealed to ponder over. The Prophet ﷺ transmitted the du'as we say in salat for us to understand what they mean. And those meanings should have some impact on us while we are in salat. So you have to think about what they mean. Learn what they mean. Ponder over what they mean while in the prayer. Another means is to have certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to your prayer. Imam Muslim records in his Sahih that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said, Allah jalla wa ala, the blessed and exalted has said, I have divided the prayer between myself and my servant in two halves, and my slave shall have what he asks for. So when the servant says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all existence. Allah says, my servant has praised me. And when the servant says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the compassionate, the merciful, Allah says, my servant has extolled me. And when the servant says, Madiki Yawmiddin, the master of the day of judgment, Allah says, my servant has glorified me. And when my servant says, You alone we worship, and in you alone we seek help, Allah says, this is between me and my servant, and my servant shall have what he asked for. And when the servant says, إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَرَضَّالِينَ When he says the final part of Al-Fatiha, guide us to the straight path, the path of those on whom you have favored, not the path of those who receive anger, nor those who have gone astray. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and these are for my servant, and my servant shall have what he asked for. Allah answers, and the salat itself is a kind of dua. Al-Fatiha is a dua. With that certainty, it will bring you more khushur in your prayer, inshaAllah ta'ala. Another means of increasing in khushur is to seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. Seeking Allah's protection from shaitan and his minions who seek to take away our focus in prayer and distract us with all manner of things. It is related that Abu al-As radiallahu anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, 
Shaytan interrupts me when I pray and I get confused in my recitation. I get mixed up while praying. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that is a shaytan whose name is Khanzab. There's a particular name to this shaytan whose only job is to distract people from prayer. He said, that is a shaytan whose name is Khanzab. And if you sense his presence, then seek refuge in Allah from him and then blow lightly three times to your left, meaning you gently move your head slightly and you say, seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. He said, do that if you get distracted in salat. So Abu al-As anhu who transmits this says, I did exactly that and Allah took him away from me. Do not, do not underestimate the external impact of whispering. It's not just what we're occupying ourselves with. There's also external distractions as well. And lastly, dear brothers and sisters, when we talk about how do we increase our khushur in prayer, one of the advices given by the imams of the past is to pray each salat as if it is your last prayer. To pray it as if it is the final prayer before you die. It is recorded from Abu Bakr al-Muzani who said that if you want your salat to truly benefit you, then say to yourself before you pray, I am going to die after this salat. Dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And remind, for the reminder benefits the believers. I don't stand before you today on this blessed day of Al-Jumu'ah preaching to you and pointing my finger. And if I point my finger, I understand that if one finger is pointing in this direction, there's three other fingers pointing back at me. I speak to myself first and foremost, and then to all of you with this advice. It is up to us to honestly consider the state of our own prayer and to consider the impact of our life choices on the quality of our salat. We have to understand this. It's of no use to know all of these things if we don't actually make a decision to exercise our will, to implement them and act on what we know. And as we wrestle with our nufus, our egos, and we try to improve in our salat between us and our Lord, we have to keep hope. We cannot lose hope. And we have to remember that the seeds of khushur, they grow over time with effort, with mujahada, with irada, with will and determination. But it is Allah who gives us that tawfiq. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us that tawfiq. Ameen. Allahumma razuqni wa iyyakum qalban khashi'an wa lisanan sadiqan وذاكراً اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من قلب لا يخشع وعلم لا ينفع وعين لا تدمع ودعاء لا يسمع نعوذ بك اللهم من هذه الأربع اللهم طهر قلوبنا من كل وصف يباعدنا عن مشاهدتك ومحبتك اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم استر عوراتنا وآمن روعاتنا يا كريم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد 
عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين أقوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله